Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. If you desire to reach your highest potential in your professional life, the next hour is going to help you uncover proven concepts developed by Lori Moss to help you pump up your professionalism, up-level your career, and transform from being stuck to being sought after. The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life, tackles all of the tough talks everyone knows about, gossips about, but never fully address in the workplace. Now is your time to transform with the expert in professional presence. Now, here is your host, Lori Moss. Welcome to the show. I'm Lori Moss, and I'm glad you're here today. For those of you who are considering looking for a job, or if you're wanting to hire that right person, you've come to the right place today. In today's show, you'll discover um, the process and the tips that get you to where you want to be to find out, um, to find the right people to talk to and learn about your industry and get information, which is the biggest part of the job search process. You know, the truth is both the employer and the person looking for a job want to know what the character and the reputation and the likability are of the people they're seeking to work with. It's their biggest risk. Any interviewer can tell you that. And we're concerned as job searchers as to what we're getting into. You know, the credentials, skills, and abilities are very easy to vet out, but what's tricky is to determine if that person's attitude, work ethic, reputation, the way they conduct business, and their potential, um, it can be a kiss of death if we haven't done our homework. So we'll be talking about all of these today in the process of getting a job. Our guest today is Greg Kronteris. He's been that employer and a job searcher who's been able to get what he's looking for while enjoying the process along the way. Greg's held um, roles in the financial industry. He's been the chief of many things in that industry, chief lending, operations, credit officer roles, um, pretty high-level roles that for 32 years he was the one looking for the right people. And today, he's on the other side of that desk with tremendous insight and a fabulous process that truly has gotten results. Now, the common theme of Greg is he's adept at navigating great change. He was in in the banking industry for those years, which was an industry where mergers, acquisitions, and turnarounds were the order of business. So adapting to change was survival in that industry. And he has the ability to seek out new connections and build relationships that have made him successful in job search. Greg is with us today to show us how it's done. Greg, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So let's get started. Greg, after 32 years on the hiring side of that desk, tell us a little bit about what happened and how you moved to the other side of the desk. Yeah, being on the other side is not fun. Uh, It was a big, fairly a big surprise. Uh, After 32 years of hiring, I found myself laid off and looking for work and uh, found that I was woefully unprepared for the the situation. Did the situation look a lot differently than you had anticipated it from seeing applicants come in all those years? It did, because typically I would reach out to human resources. I'd need an employee. I'd say, I need a lender for this area. They would introduced me to two people, put a couple resumes in front of me. I'd interview those people and hire someone. But the process is completely different now. And in five, six years, it's been a 180 degree turnaround. 
And there's a huge filtering system that went on for you to end up with two resumes on your desk, right? <laughs> I'm sure it started out with many more. Well, you know, it, a few years ago, that wasn't that big of a deal because you'd find out that there were only a couple candidates who were truly qualified for the position. But these days, after the downturn, there are many, many people out there looking for work. And the number of resumes of qualified applicants is in the hundreds. The number is so huge that the human resource department can't really deal with it effectively. So they've had to try to find ways to speed up the process and winnow down the number of employees that they're looking at or potential employees they're looking at. And what's lost in the process is really identifying the character and those attributes we just talked about that people really want to find out about potential applicants. It certainly is. And it's it's become so impersonal these days because the information is in the beginning of the process is really just looking at a resume and making sure that certain keywords show up in the resume. And if those keywords, which happen to show up in the job description, aren't in there, the resume is passed aside. So they may be putting aside a candidate is truly qualified because their resume or uh, letter that they sent to the, the, to the bank or organization didn't contain the right words. And without the right words, they move on because there are so many applicants. So when you moved to the other side of that hiring desk, you discovered the digital world of job search. I did, and I was totally unprepared for it because I, you know, I used Indeed and Monster. I would submit resumes for jobs that I thought I was perfectly qualified for, thought I'd be really good at, and I got no response. Six weeks would pass by, no answer, no calls, no nothing, and I thought, what's wrong here? What? I know I'm qualified for this position. Why aren't they calling me and knocking down my door? Well, they had hundreds of other people just as qualified as myself and they had chosen someone else for some reason that I, unfortunately, you don't always find out what reason that is. So what did you do? Well, at that point, I knew I, I needed help because the digital age had changed everything. There are so many people in un, unemployed and looking for work who are really your, you know, your, your challengers. They're also looking for the same job you are. So I had to find people to help me. And I reached out and found a couple organizations that led me through the job search process and how it had changed. And it had changed dramatically. There were things that you just had to know and had to do and make sure that you had done appropriately if you even want to be considered. And there were a couple organizations, one Passport to Employment and another called Team Networking Group. And belonging to these organizations helped me make sure that I was presenting myself in the proper fashion in the market. So what... What was required for you to get prepared to even go out and do the search? That's a great question. My resume that I was sending out, I thought I took my old resume, dusted it off a little bit, included a couple positions and, 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 and put it in, uh, in emails to Indeed or LinkedIn or Monster and the jobs would come in. As it turned out, my resume, when it went out, didn't go out well. It wasn't appropriately formatted. And I didn't know that for a long time until one of my friends said, Greg, I received your resume and it came all garbled. I had no idea that was happening. So I had to send it out in PDF format. You know, then I had to change my, what I said in my resume. I had to make sure that I tailored it to the positions that I was looking for. So you really don't just send out a resume. A resume is a, a snapshot in time. From a, from a banker's perspective, that's a balance sheet. 
one point in time. But it wasn't enough. And, and it didn't grab people's attention and they didn't know what I brought to the table, what skills and talents I had that they could use. What did I bring for them? I had a completely different mindset on that. And that's because of what I had done in the past. And as, as we have seen, and it's rapidly going this way, as we're becoming almost a paperless society, meaning everything is going online and having a marketing message that's consistent. So let's say it's LinkedIn and then your resume and they're saying two different things. Uh, you're, what you're searching for and the purpose could look different on one or the other. So tell us a little bit about how you went about developing your, your personal brand, so to speak. Well, your, your LinkedIn account or your LinkedIn profile is just not a re- repetition of your resume. It's something completely different. A resume, I'm, I've heard that in five years, we probably won't be looking at resumes anymore. We'll be looking at LinkedIn profiles. So I had to make sure that my LinkedIn profile and my resume explained what I brought to the table, how I can help the employer, what I can do for them. And that takes some time because it takes time talking to people and understanding your skill set, who you are, what you are. And that's not as easy as you you might think. You have to really work at that and make sure we spend time with that question because it's very important that you portray yourself appropriately in whatever medium you're talking about, whether it's LinkedIn or a resume, you want to make sure, one, they match, and two, that they say the appropriate things. So one of the things that I've experienced with clients is the mindset that precedes any job search is critical to the success of that search. Just go over briefly, maybe some bullet points on which you had to really get set in your mind before going forward. You know, I had to change the mindset where I had, and like a lot of people do, I identified myself with the company. I was a banker. I did this. This is the kind of thing that I was known for. Well, when I had, I think I pretty much played out my opportunities in the banking industry, I thought, I want to change my profile. I want to be something different, something that is more appropriate to other positions. And so to do that, I really had to change the way I presented myself in the market. I don't no longer identify myself as a banker. I identify myself in the financial services industry as a professional, as a revenue generator, a team builder. And uh, that changed everything completely because then I started to look at different kinds of opportunities that were out there. And I eliminated banking and looked at others. So it's important that you do that and make sure that what you're saying with the two, whether LinkedIn or a resume, jive and that you're telling people what you do and what you bring to the table. What I have found is many people don't see the importance of looking the part when they're looking for a job. And oftentimes we can find it locally when we're at Starbucks or wherever we are. And if we're in sweats versus I'm you know, in the professional mode, that can make an impact probably on our psyche more than it does on other people. What do you, what's your thinking? Well, you that? really do. I mean, you never know when you're going to see someone. You never know when you're going to talk to someone. That's why you always have want to have a 30-second pitch in your pocket. You never know when you're going to talk to somebody that might have an impact on your job selection or your job future employment. So 
you want to be able to say in 30 seconds or less, here's who I am, here's what I do, here's what I'm looking for, and here are the type of people I'm reaching out to. So not only dress, you want to look the part, but you want to be able to act the part and you want to do it on a moment's notice because those opportunities come out of the blue and you never know where they're going to come at you. So you have to be prepared. And that's part of a 30-second pitch. It's an, they used to call it an elevator pitch. You know, <laughs> be able to tell somebody in the time you go up and down an elevator who you are, what you are, and what you can bring to the table. It's very important. And you're right. Dressing the part, if you're dressed in sweatpants and you meet someone, it's going to be pretty hard to convince <laughs> them that you're a financial services provider. <laughs> yes. It, and it also... Um, it's a display of confidence, actually, and, and on how we're presenting ourselves. Because you've mentioned before that job search is a full-time job. So we, the mindset is, I'm reporting to work. And that, that gets the disciplines and everything else in place around fulfilling the job requirements of a job search. Well, you know, it is a, it is a full-time job because, one, you have to prepare yourself. You want to make sure that all the information about you is accurate, what's in the market, what it says. And you can't spend your whole day on a job search. You really have to take time away from it and give yourself a break because you will overload submitting resumes, waiting for applications. You'll be waiting for people to call you. And and when those calls don't come, it's very frustrating and very difficult. And we'll be talking about that later in our show. Uh, we're, um, we'll be right back. Uh, when we return, we'll be talking about how we use all the tools that we have to get in the conversation with people that can help us eventually get to the job that we really want. Stay tuned. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. How do you define work? Is it that mundane Monday through Friday place that seems to be sucking a third of your life out of you? Or have you made it a place of personal fulfillment, achievement, and purpose? If you are looking to make your work life the latter, tune in to Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. There are all kinds of inspiring work life stories told by people who have made work something to look forward to every day. Working on Purpose can be heard every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Empowerment. Should there be more to your life? Do you need a change? Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young will provide empowering commentary each week to encourage you. She will interview successful personalities from movies, television, business, technology, health, and academia. All of them have amazing stories, resulting in transformed lives. You'll learn how to discover real happiness, financial success, and fulfillment to live your highest purpose. Join her on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and a replay Fridays at 12 noon Pacific on the Voice America Women's Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. listening to the Lori Moss show better job better life 
If you have a question for Lori Moss, you can tweet it at L Moss Concepts. Find us on Facebook with keyword Lori Moss Concepts or send an email to radio at lorimossconcepts.com. Stay connected by visiting lorimossconcepts.com to learn more. While you're there, read our blog and sign up for the Lori Moss Concepts newsletter for more tips. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. I'm Lori Moss here with my guest, Greg Crontiris, and we're talking about the successful job search and getting to the people who can help us get to where we want to go. We talked about getting prepared to do the search, and that's obviously getting the resume out, but getting your digital platforms lined up so that that's... That's where you are really reaching the other connections that you can make. And going out into the community, into organizations where you can start having the conversation, doing the research and, and finding more out about what are you seeking and where you want to go. Be quite, quite honestly, it's, it's, you're in the conversation of the interview and you don't know it when you're practicing out in these groups. So... You're hooked up on LinkedIn. You've got, every, you've got your profile down. It's a great representation of who you are, what you can offer, and what you're after. How do you use LinkedIn? So let's say you've got all these connections. How do you use it, Greg? Well, there are a lot of people out there that I'd like to know better, that know people, that know jobs, that know positions that I'd like to know more about. I tend to ask for informational meetings. I call people and ask them, would you meet with me for 15 minutes? I'm not asking you for a job. I want to talk to you. I want to get your advice. Tell me where you think I should go, what I should do, what I should look for. Surprisingly, people are just so willing to do that. From total unknown strangers, they're willing to meet with you and talk to you about ways to find people, ways to get ahead, ways to get into companies, people they know. They're very willing. Once they understand that you're not asking them for a job, which is something they can't deliver anyway, they, they calm themselves down a bit and they say, sure, I'll meet with you. They're happy to help you. And as it turns out, they know a lot of people that you should know. So you can pick people in a particular industry, particular company, people that you know, know people that you should know. And you can tell that on LinkedIn because you can see your first connections are people that you know directly. Second connections are people that they know. So if I know, Lori, that you have a a friend in the market that is in an industry or with a company that I want to get into, I can ask you to make an introduction. You make an introduction, we connect, and we meet, and we talk. And we did that recently, and I found out that the individual that I connected with had been working for an employer that I had in the past. We had worked for the same guy and didn't know it. So it's a powerful tool to find people to meet with and talk to in your industry or company that you want to get into. Very, very powerful tool. And you had had mentioned something that I experience all the time. Even in networking events, the conversation with people is the same no matter where we find ourselves. In the elevator, at a networking event, if we're trying to get a conversation with somebody, is if we approach them by being interested in who they are and what they do first. That makes everyone breathe easier. I've run into so many people that they they say, well, I'm looking for a job in this, and they go on about what they're doing, and, and the body language just steps back. People right away, it's it's 
it's almost unconscious they step away. So what we're talking about here can really be translated in many areas of your job search conversations. And then they're willing, after you've given them that opportunity, to say, now, what is it that you do? Well, I'm looking for a job, and this is what I'm looking for. And you've already engaged, and, and they want to be in it. They really want to help, and it's, it's surprisingly uh, effective. People are willing to talk to you about what you should do and where you should go and who you should talk to. But you have to bring, put them at ease. They have to realize that you're not trying to get something out of them that they can't deliver. And it has to be conversational. Being a banker, I'm accustomed to talking to people and asking for very personal information, financial information. I had no trouble with that. But it is a real problem for some people to reaching out to somebody that is a complete stranger and asking for assistance. If they do it, they'll find that they will be very effective and successful at it. But most people don't do it and they're afraid to. And that's too bad, too, because they're missing out on opportunities that are out there that before they even hit the, the Indeed and Monster, they're there that people know about. And if you talk to somebody that knows about a job that's coming on, it's perfectly willing to share it to you. And they'll give you the name of someone you should call. It works out, but you have to be willing to do it. Can you give us um, a short example of a conversation? How you, okay, let's say you arrange for a coffee with somebody. You meet them, you sit down. How do you start that conversation? Well, you know, for me, it's, it's relatively easy. I, I'm a fairly engaging person. So I sit down and talk to somebody, ask them what they do. How long have you been with the company? What do you do at the company? You know, that leads to the discussion. Oh, I've done this and I do that. It turns out the discussion just kind of morphs into commonalities between the two of you. And you find out, oh, your kids go to the same school. You know same the boss. same people. <laughs> exactly, same boss and didn't even know it. But those kinds of conversations open the discussion for more. And to your point, it ultimately comes out that you're in the job search mode. You don't hide that. You tell them I'm looking and I'm looking for people like you that can help me in that search. And they're perfectly willing to do it. When they hear that, the conversation goes on. And I've been given names of people to talk to from my meeting. So one leads to two more. And the two more lead the two more on top of that. And, and in the, many of those cases, there was no opportunity for me even to be, but it was an opportunity for me to build my network of contacts with people in the industry who knew who I was and what I was doing. And you had mentioned, Greg, also that you were not looking strictly to be that banker in, in this uh, new dimension. And maybe you were a little bit uncertain as to what the next thing could be in these conversations reveal so much. Have you seen a conversation redirect you into another area that you hadn't even considered or maybe even knew about? Well, you know, when I, I did, I rebranded myself. I rebranded away from banking and I rebranded into the financial services industry. So here's the things I do. You know, I'm a, I'm a leader, revenue generator, problem solver. That's why I pre present myself. From that, the people the person hearing that conversation says, well, you know what, I do know of a position. It's a not-for-profit organization that's looking for someone to lead their group. I wasn't thinking about not-for-profit organizations, but when it was put in front of me, yeah, I'll explore it. Who should I call? Who should I talk to? They give you a name. I call that number. I say, you know, Mr. Smith told me I should call you regarding this position. All of a sudden, there's validity to that discussion. 
you have used the name of someone who has recommended you to speak to someone else, cuts out a lot of the BS that you have to go through typically. And what that is, is they're honoring the relationships they've built with that person who's doing the favor. So it's a relationship builder for many people. And it gives you, the applicant, credibility because this person sent you forward. So, Well, the important part of the whole process, too, which I think gets left out a little bit, is that you, you do have to give back. You do have to also make recommendations for other people. You know, you should talk to this person. I know he does this. Get together, meet with him, talk for no other reason than he's interested in what you do. If you do that, if it goes backwards and forward, you've built someone who is very interested. I had a meeting, a networking meeting with an individual who ran a large organization in town. He met with me. We talked, got along really well. He sent me an email a couple days later. I'm looking for an office manager. Can you help me? I can help you. I'm part of a LinkedIn. I'm part of a networking group that puts jobs out for people to sign in for. Send me the job description. He did. I put it out. We found someone for him. He won't forget that. And neither will that person that was on LinkedIn. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, pay it forward. It's 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 a very reciprocal process. And I find that the more interactive the process is, the more effective. It is versus just throwing a, a resume out there and just hoping that you make the cut when they're sorting through keywords, which exactly. is really what you're saying it's down to when there's so many piles coming in to an HR department or wherever it's going. You have to make sure, and, and this is the hard part for a lot of people, you have to reduce it to a conversational nature. It can't be, they, they can sense fear and they can sense panic in people. Because they've been there. <laughs> And they can tell when you really, really want a job and you'll do or say anything. But if the conversation is just conversational and discussing and you get you become acquainted and become interested in each other as people, the opportunities do come in. So what was the most awkward conversation that you had and how did you handle it? That's a great question. I think the most. This is what we're all afraid of. That's why we'd like to hear what your experience was. (laughs) I think the most awkward question is really one I just mentioned to you, and that the gentleman I was sitting with and talking to had worked with a a former employer of mine. Not that there was anything wrong with the relationship. In fact, I had a great relationship with the former employer, but the fact that he told me that and I didn't know it, I felt a little concerned that I should have known more about that and I didn't know that and maybe I just didn't do enough of my homework but to find out that those two individuals had met and had worked together in the past without me knowing it I felt a little awkward in the conversation thinking I should have known that it didn't hurt anything it didn't cause any problems Mm -hmm. but it was it was a little awkward for me more than anybody else that I knew there was a link but I didn't know it was that close And the point to that question is, that was if, if that's a worst case, that's not a bad case at all. In fact, it didn't even, you ended up getting from him what you wanted, and that was go talk to this person. So we don't want to be afraid of not knowing enough, but at least researching what we can, that we have, you know, as our resource, LinkedIn or 
Google gives us insight to the companies, all, all of information. You know, I, I should have played a little more of a detective on that thing because before I met with a gentleman, I knew that these two individuals had been at the same place. I just didn't have the forethought to say, hey, do you know this guy? Instead, it was revealed to me by him. It wasn't, you're right, it wasn't a big faux pas, but it, it was one that I, I felt a little awkward with. So the research was, hey, do you know this person, which is an entirely different conversation starter. Exactly. I see. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But uh, it's, it's, a, it's a process, and you really have to spend some time with it, and you have to do it, uh, you have to do a little research beforehand. Because when you meet with somebody, they're taking time out of their day to meet with you. They're being nice. They're helping you. And you really should be as prepared as you possibly can. Do more research on LinkedIn. Understand who they are and what they are and what they've done and where the real connection comes. And it's, it's, it was my fault, not his. And he was wonderful to meet with me. And we've kept in contact and we continue to contact. And he's, I keep him up to date on my, what's going on in my life. And he does the same for me. And he, I've made a friend. And that's how I look at it. I've made a friend. And I've also expanded my network. And that's important because I want people to know the position I'm in, what I'm looking for, who I am, because I never know and you never know when something is going to cross their desk and they're gonna, I want them to be top of mind. I want them to think about me. That's right. Now, I'm, I'm pausing here because something just came to mind. Those of us that show up and connect with people, set up a meeting. That says so much about the qualities that interview people that are interviewing are looking for, persistence. It's gutsy. And you're willing to do what you have to do to get the job done, and that's get a job. That says so much by not saying anything. There's not one word being said with that. It's the action. You want the individual sitting across the table from you at the end of the discussion say to himself, I like that guy. Yeah. I like the way he presented himself. I believe what he told me. I believe he has, he's a professional in whatever he does. And I want him to walk away with the confidence that he can recommend me or bring my name up in a conversation and not be hurt by it. They want to help. They want to help, but they also don't want to be hurt. And, and you know, given some people that have an inability to talk to people, they can be hurt because those people don't put it all on the table, don't explain who they are very well, and unfortunately may end up in a position they shouldn't be in. And that degrades the believability of the individual that made the recommendation in the first place. So you have to be very careful of that. Some people just can't do it. Some people have a real hard time talking to people, strangers, about themselves and about what they're looking for. It's just really hard. And on the other side of that, people that may have a difficult time promoting themselves may have the gift of promoting others. And, and that's what we're, it's framing a conversation. So whoever we are, if we're comfortable with it, we can put it out there effectively and authentically. If we're not, we, we do need to go through that other door and go through the person we're talking to door. And even more so. Yeah, I generally find that the people that have difficulty with this process doing it are not necessarily people that are going to be helpful to you. They can't help themselves. They can't put themselves out there, may have the conversation. They're going to be very, very hard 
charge to do it for you. So I don't necessarily look at those people as potential. I, I know who they are. They knew who they are. I'm willing to help them any way and every way I can, but I don't expect them to do necessarily do the same thing for me. Not a problem. I understand that and I have no problem with it. Greg, have you found this process of having all these conversations when you finally get to the desk and have the interview? How has the process really impacted that conversation? When you get to the point of an interview, the interview the interviewer has heard a great deal about you. That you come to that person having been fairly fully vetted in terms of who you are and what you are. So the conversation doesn't talk about what's your experience. That's already been taken care of in a lot of ways. What the conversation is, the likability factor. Do they like you? And the decision's probably made in the first 15 or 20 seconds. Are you somebody that fits in to this environment? This, would you fit in? Would you be someone I want to work with? And that's what's really important. They have to walk away with that at the end of the interview. They know what you did. They know what your experience is. They've heard about it. They've seen it on paper. But do they like you? Are you likable? Do you fit in their culture? And conversely, do I like their culture? Is their culture something that I want to be in, which is equally important? If you're just looking for a job and you find yourself fitting into a culture that you don't fit into, it's probably not going to end well for anybody. So it's important that everybody understand the cultural fit. Is it out there? Is it good? Is this the kind of person that we want to have in our company? Will they represent us well when they're out on the road? How easy has it been for you, Greg, when you're researching companies to to get a handle on the culture? Is that in the conversation itself or can you really prepare around culture before you go into the interview? You can prepare. And I think a lot of that is through LinkedIn, making contacts with individuals at the company. Again, asking for informational meetings. Can we sit down? I'm interested in your company. Can you tell me about it? Are the people in your company happy? Are the people, is there turnover in your company? What is the focus of your company? Who, who are you? What is your, what is your theme? And when you find that out, and they will share that with you, they absolutely will share that with you. You can find out and you get a, get a pretty good understanding if you're gonna fit there or not. And that's very important because if you, if you don't fit, you shouldn't do it. And around culture when you really want a job and you're that close to getting one. <laughs> is, is it not? It, it absolutely is. And I mean, it, it puts you in a situation where on one hand, you need a job, you're looking for employment. On the other hand, it's not a good fit. And you probably realize, and they probably realize too, that you might not be there in five, six months or a year. It wasn't a good fit on the front end. So it's important for both sides to have a clear understanding of, is this person the right person for the job? I agree with you. Sometimes you take the job, you, you work around it to get the job, but that's not necessarily in everybody's best interest. It does happen, though. Mm-hmm. So, what what challenging experiences have, have your best or have been your best teachers as a job searcher? We're not even in the conversation here. Any part of the process, what's been your best teacher? Which means it was probably the most painful. <laughs> <laughs> most painful is probably the right uh, way to look at. I uh, I came to find out and reluctantly found out that I didn't know as much as I thought I did. 
I thought I understood the process. I was based on information that was relatively old, but I found out that the process had changed. The last five years, you see that, it has changed. There's so many people unemployed and the process of reviewing and looking at applicants has changed completely. I find myself in a world that has gone completely digital, something that I wasn't prepared for and making sure that you know I can put myself out online appropriately. I hadn't thought about that before. How do I look? What, what, is, what, is my, what, what do I look like digitally? What is my persona out there? And if you don't have a good understanding of that, how you're viewed, that's a real problem. I didn't know. I really was out of touch with that and I didn't understand it. So I've learned, but it took some time and a lot of mistakes. Now you're someone that entered the job search market for the first time in 32 years. And you've talked about the identity and how we get locked into that. What barriers to entry, if any, did you run across that you had to navigate around and, and learn how to overcome? I had to navigate around the fact that I'm clearly not 22 years old. I'm in a position that great deal of experience, I've done a lot of things, but I'm not a young man anymore. So I am in a position that I have to look for opportunities where that is not an issue. And, and it's really, a, it's not an issue. I mean, it's, it's kind of a myth. I mean, it depends on how people or how you really engage yourself in the market. If you keep yourself current on technology, if you understand what the market is doing, it's not an issue, but it can be an issue if you let it be one. So you really have to present yourself and keep up with what's going on in the market and make sure that you appear and are technologically savvy. But that is, that is a big challenge for a lot of people because they, and they use it, I think in a lot of ways they use it as an excuse because you can work around that. It's, it's not an issue that can, it can stop you, but it doesn't have to. But there has to be a willingness and a desire. And that's, that's about staying current, which we're talking about getting a job in the market that is current. Yeah, saying I don't understand computers or I'm not really good at that just doesn't work anymore. You don't, p- employers don't want to hear that. You understand They can't that. afford to hear, they, they, they can't accommodate that. They can't accommodate that. That's exactly right. That, you can't fit into the organization culturally. It doesn't work. That's not who's there. And the world is, is a much younger place these days. So there's no place for someone that says, I don't understand computers these days. You, you don't understand computers, <laughs> <laughs> don't look for work. You have to retire. <laughs> That's right. And what's very healthy for the workforce is, is boomers have that wisdom and experience. And the millennials in five years will be 50% of the workforce. And in 14 years, they'll be 75%. That's not very many years. That's in your mid-30s. You don't have a lot of time to collect a lot of experience. And that being said, millennials are going to look up to somebody. There, I have experienced this. There is a desire to get the experience from people that have been in the workplace a long time because they haven't been in it long enough to close the gap. But they have to respect that person. And you know what? I just realized that I, uh, I'm tardy here and going to break. So we'll be right back and we'll continue on this conversation.
Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. We're all living in the moment, but you never know when life is going to take a unique turn. It doesn't have to be a challenge, but perhaps more of a detour to get where we need to be. On The Sky's the Limit, host Karen Levitt knows that experience, having faced it herself. Learn about her journey from a life-changing event to where she is now. Her guests are amazing people who are living these experiences and overcoming obstacles. Learn from their stories every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Empowerment. Can you think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning in to the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. What's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter? You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to The Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. If you have a question for Lori Moss, you can tweet it at L Moss Concepts. Find us on Facebook with keyword Lori Moss Concepts or send an email to radio at lorimossconcepts.com. Stay connected by visiting lorimossconcepts.com to learn more. While you're there, read our blog and sign up for the Lori Moss Concepts newsletter for more tips. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back. I'm Lori Moss here with my guest, Greg Crunteris. We've been talking about the job search, being prepared, getting connected, and conducting the conversations that get us closer to the jobs that we want and have more control um, over the system of job search. Welcome back, Greg. Thank you. Now we want to talk about how to stay motivated. We're not going to mince words here. It's just like a job. It's, It's job search is a job. And we have our bad days at work, so we know how this is. So, so Greg, what, what successes in your search have inspired you to keep showing up? It's, remembering those successes are critical on those down days. There are down days. It's, sometimes it's very difficult to keep motivated uh, because, the, because of the situation, so many times the answer is no or there's no answer it's hard to be motivated because you think it's a rigged game. There isn't any chance I can succeed here. Nobody's listening. No one's paying attention. Why aren't people responding to me? So it's really hard to stay motivated. That's why network is so important to make sure that people know you and you're out there. But if you're trying to do this specifically over the computer, over the Internet, it's so impersonal. And it's, you're, you're frustrated so many times by the nature of the, fat, the beast just hard to get information from them. They don't respond back. They don't contact you. They don't say, sorry, we didn't want you or you don't work out. They give you nothing. And it becomes very, very difficult to be motivated, become motivated or stay motivated. So you have to try to find ways to divert your attention, 
take some time off. Like I said, it's a full-time job. When you're in a full-time job, you really need to get away from it for a while because sometimes you do burn out and it's very, very difficult to stay motivated. A part of my past experience uh, was in retail and I was in a position where I opened a new store and we just had throngs of people coming in five days in a row. I, I probably had 50, 60 people in front of me. And my company said, no matter what, you send them a thank you note. Now, this was about six years ago. A thank you note could be an email. It doesn't matter whatever the connection is, but that was a standard of the company, and it's respectful. And their whole motto was customer service, and it, it just demonstrated all of that. So it's we learned something maybe about a, a potential employer if they don't have the respect uh, we may not want to be there, especially if that's important to us. It's not important to everybody. It would be important to me. How do you feel about that? Well, it, it's part of the culture. And one of the things you learn as part of the job search process is thank yous, making sure that thank yous are going out to everybody you talk to because everybody's there for a reason. Everybody's looking for something. Thank yous when you send a resume and thank you when you talk to somebody over the phone. Somebody, Thank you to someone when they meet with you. Thank yous are very important because it is a sign of respect and people see that and are very appreciative of that you do it. It's when you don't do it, people say, this person really wasn't sincere. They didn't thank me. They didn't care. It shows caring. And it does talk about the culture of the organization. Either the organization is looking for people or you yourself, if you're not saying thank you to people for the time and effort they've taken, it's it's completely debilitating in terms of going forward and being successful. You have to do it. You have to do it. And for those of you that are out there, you might even be in a job search now, and it's just something you didn't think about doing. It's okay even a month later to acknowledge that conversation. In fact, it's almost more memorable because you're still thinking about them a month later. So it's I've talked to individuals that, that had gone through the job search process and had undergone interviews. They had gone out to their car after the interview, wrote a thank you note in the car, went back into the building and handed the thank you letter to the receptionist and said, please make sure Mr. Smith gets this. He just interviewed me and I want to show my appreciation. That was remembered forever and ever because he brought that thank you letter back immediately. To your point, a month later, it's still fine. You do it. People remember it. Right. And when we're talking about motivation, Greg, we have to be in action with some part of the process to push through that. Uh, if we sit there, our mind will just get crazy with, <laughs> with doubt, you know, all of that. But action, I have found, is the cure-all. And the action is there's something about being in, in uh, the conversation with someone relating to somebody and, and, and that's a great thing. And that's, that's the great part of the groups that I, we participate in, the networking groups, because it's people in a similar situation as you all coming together and talking about their experiences, things they've seen, things that have happened to them, things that you should be on the watch out for, or they may be aware of opportunities that they share with the people in the group. And I think it's important to be with people of a like mind because Sometimes you do get really frustrated and there's no one to talk to, but you can talk to people in the group that are going through the same thing. They understand they've been through it and 
There's no blame cast. Everybody understands how it works and everybody understands what you have to do and what you have to learn to be successful. We've all been taught the same things. Clean up your resume. Your LinkedIn profile has to be good. You have to be very clear on what you're looking for and what you want to be. You have to be very clear in terms of the marketing meetings, the inter- inter- informational meetings. You have to be very clear on how you're doing it and you have to th- send thank you letters. We all learn that process and it's important. The people that don't follow that process are the ones that tend to fall behind. We'll, we'll see if you've had this experience, but I have found in any situation where it could be a struggle or just difficult to get through. I have to get very discerning about who I bring in close to my inner circle because whatever I choose will reinforce. It can either reinforce the doubt or it can uplift and show us the possibilities. And only we are in charge of where we choose to get that support. So that being said, going to groups that are in the same boat there's probably some discernment on how to navigate those waters and who you really want to be in a conversation with and how you want to be, how you want to be that person uplifting someone else rather than the woes of the process. You know, that's, that's, that's a great point. The people in your group are all doing the same thing. We're all looking for employment. They all want jobs and they're all trying to do it the right way. And it's clear, you can tell there are people in the, org- in the group that you want to talk to. And there are people in the group that you say, you know what, I think that person's kind of a bit of a downer here and I'm not sure they're going to particularly help me. So you really have to discern who is uplifting and who isn't. Because the people that aren't, aren't uplifting, you really want to stay away from them and they don't have a, uh, the attitude that you might have. One of the things, I, I was in a group meeting this morning and it was, it was a fantastic. And I was talking to the gentleman and I said, I told him I was going to be having the interview with you today. And he said, which was great, he said, you're going to do great. You will do absolutely fine. The only way he knows me is from these meetings. He's heard me speak. But it was so nice to have someone say that and be uplifting about the process and about who I am and what I am. It made me feel really good. And he's the kind of guy that I'll make sure when I hear of an opportunity and I'll pay attention to what he's looking for, I'll pass it along. And people do that. We do it all the time. Another guy came up to me and said, hey, Greg, I heard about a job I think you'd be really good for. Here's my contact information. Let's call and talk to each other because I think it's something you really should look into. I don't know what the job is. I don't know anything about it. All I know is this individual paid enough attention and cared enough to think about me when he heard of something. Give me the opportunity. Choose your community well, right? (laughs) Nice guys. That's a... You know, that's what makes that process we're talking about enjoyable. Job search does not have to be painful. It can be enjoyable if we're prepared and take action. And you help somebody else. I mean, you get a great deal of positive motivation out of that when you've helped somebody else find a job because you know what they're going through. And believe me, some of these people are in the financial dire straits. You hate to say that, but some people it's gone on long enough that they really need a job. And, and whatever you can do to help them, you will. That's right. That's right. Okay, I've got a big question for you, Greg. So here you are. You're getting, you're getting close to being that hiring manager again, being a leader and probably a realm that's new for you and it's, that's exciting. 
So my question to you is, what would you do differently having come off this job search as a hiring manager? And that's a broad question, but what's your gut response to that? That's a great question because I've always told myself that I wouldn't treat others the way I've been treated. And not necessarily me, but I think how people in a job search mode are being treated. They're not being given enough information about whether they were accepted or rejected or why. And I want to make sure, and I I will, I, I promise that I will, that in a position where I will be looking at people and saying yes or no about their coming on board, I will give them a straight answer as to why they weren't chosen or why they were chosen. I think that's critical. I know a lot of people stay away from that conversation because of legal issues. They don't want to be sued for saying the wrong thing. But I think you owe it to the people that take the time out to apply to your company that show an interest. I think you owe it to them to tell them what they did right, what they did wrong, where there's room for improvement. I hope I do that. I'm promising. You know what? We are out of time. This has been such a great interview. We're out of time again. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Thank you for coming. Um, Greg, thanks for being our guest today. We'll see you next week. Have a great week. Thank you for tuning in to The Lori Moss Show. Better job, better life. To learn more about Lori Moss Concepts, our services, and to connect with the expert and professional presence, visit LoriMossConcepts.com. Tune in next week for more professionalism transformation. The Lori Moss Show, Better Job, Better Life, airs every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have a successful week. Oh, 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 o